Hey everyone, this is Dr. Chiaku with a new episode on Decoding Spiritual Mysteries. So today, I want to talk about something that is very popular today, and that's narcissistic personality disorder. So when people in society usually talk about narcissism, they're really talking about narcissistic personality disorder, but there can be a difference. So a person can have narcissism. There's positive narcissism, there's negative narcissism, right? Um, which would be called healthy narcissism. So when you're a child or a baby, you're kind of only focused on getting fed, having your diaper change, being safe, being warm. So that would be like healthy narcissism. Um, whereas unhealthy narcissism is pretty much make the world revolving around you after infancy and toddlerhood. Okay. So this is probably going to be something we need, we need to continue to talk about. So I'm just going to call this a part one video, but so narcissistic personality disorder, um, is, is a, a diagnosis in the diagnostic criteria manual. And, um, it's a personality disorder. And a lot of people don't understand that it is a personality disorder. It is a disorder of self-esteem. So basically, it's it's a person who's characterologically flawed and um, having a a, pers- a a a self-esteem issue. And so, usually, it consists of um, exploitation. Uh, uh, believing the world revolves around you, lack of empathy, disregard for others' rights, self-absorption. Oh my God, there's so many traits that go along with this. But um, one thing's for sure is that it's something that happens it develops usually when a when a person is a small person like a child and so um what happens is that that child experiences some form of neglect rejection or abuse from the parent and instead of processing it they decided to kill themselves off meaning like put themselves away, sort of like they created a new image, like a totally different image of themselves. And that became their new self. So they discard their old self and then they create like an entirely new image. And the new image is an inauthentic self. So they go about in the world with this false self and they, you know, make make business deals with this false self, form friendships and relationships with this false self, and they destroy lives. And so a lot of times narcissists, um, they have like a lot of issues with people because they just lack empathy. And the reason why they lack empathy is because someone didn't empathize with them 
And instead of them processing that and actually dealing with that pain, they discarded that self. They said that self is no good. I must be no good if no one's empathizing. And then they formed a new self. So they decide that they must not be good because of how someone has treated them. And then they form a false self. And so they go about in life with these false characteristics and they don't involve empathy. And so um, they exploit people. And um, because they lack that empathy and because they have a hard time putting themselves in the shoes of others, they just end up having like a lot of like conflict, like a lot of arguments with people or a lot of um, breakups and a lot of a lot of burning of the bridges and 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 things like that, because they just don't know how to put themselves in someone else's shoes. They don't know how to think like steps ahead. And so um, they are usually just trying to get their needs met. And it's all about them. And so the dangerous piece of narcissists is that they're always looking for narcissistic supply. And so that supply is anything that just strokes their ego, anything that feeds that false self, because this is a false self. Remember that it's, it's almost like um, an empty shell. Remember, when you have an empty shell, a demon can easily enter into you and demons feed off of energy. Because they don't have the blood of Jesus running through them. So they feed off of energy. That's what narcissistic supply is. It's like they're seeking energy. And so they gravitate towards givers, empaths, kind people, um, compassionate people, empathetic people, people who have substance, people who stand for something, happy people. They, they gravitate towards those kind of people because they seek to destroy them. Most of all, they can get their needs met from those kind of people. And so um, they will gravitate towards the person that's going through a trauma or they'll gravitate towards the person that is um, lacking friends or, su or support. They'll gravitate towards a person who's um, trying to overcome a tragedy and they'll pretend to be that person's friend or support system. But all in all, they're just there to get their needs met. So that's pretty sick to play on someone's pain in order to exploit them. That's sick. But they don't understand that they're doing that. It's like unconscious. That's what makes it even more dangerous. Because when you call them out on the stuff that they do, they see it as like an attack at their entire personality because, you know, you possibly can't be attacking their false self. So they see it as like you're attacking that true self. And that's the part of them that they buried. And so they get very offended when you remind them of who they truly are. Because remember, they discarded themselves before they were fully developed. So... They don't even realize that their true self is probably good enough, most likely good enough. All it needed was some polishing. No, they see it as like basically that that old self was abused, neglected um, and and uh, rejected. And so 
it's a bad self, when it's just a traumatized self. And so they discard, discard their authentic self. And then, like I said, they create this, this, this new image. And so when you, when you address them or confront them, they, they feel as if you're attacking that authenticity that was buried, the part of them that they don't feel is good enough. And also they don't see where you're coming from because to you, you're to them, you're just an object. So they view people as objects. And these, like I said, these are spirits. These are demonic spirits. Demons don't view people, people as human beings and spirits. And so they just see them as objects because they have a purpose to serve the devil and to destroy, kill, steal, and destroy. So they have to see you as an object. Actually, in psychology, it is said, psychoanalysis to be exact, it is said that um, in order to even do something that's like illegal or unrighteous, you have to be somewhat disassociated. Because if you could say to yourself, this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway, you wouldn't do it. So you have to disassociate from the, the wrongdoing. And so narcissists are disassociated. I mean, they just see people as objects, a means to get their needs met. And um, you have to be very careful with, with, with how they show up because they are, there are covert narcissists and there are overt narcissists. There are mean narcissists and there are nice narcissists. And the nice ones sneak up on you because to some extent they are, you know, charismatic and they do have somewhat of a caring side and they're pretty nice, like I said, um, but they um, overall are just all about themselves and they just see people as, uh, oh my God, this person has this and has that. And, oh, you know, hey, I can get something out of this. So a lot of times, they, because they are suffering, anybody who discards their true authentic self is suffering. So for them, they just go through life looking for energy. That's why it's best to to give the gray rock effect when you're in the presence of a narcissist because they... um won't they they feel like you're dry they'll feel like you're dry they'll feel like they can't get anything out of you they'll feel like you have nothing to bring to the table and they'll just leave you alone and go to their next victim you know the gray rock effect really works because they need things to be excitable and and fun and and vibrant around them so that they can play on it you know they need they need you to be constantly doting on them, over them, and constantly loving them. They That's what they want, you to be admiring them all the time. Constant seeking of admiration. That's what they desire because that's what feeds them. So when you don't give that to them, you actually force them to see things from your perspective. So one of the things that I always look for in people is, is this person um, empathetic? Does this person really have a caring heart? Like, what is this person's motivation and intention? Because unless a person has a heart of gold, what, what do they want? 
it's either of it's either sent from God or it's of the devil. I mean, like, what does a person just show up in your life for? Like, who sent them? You know, so I always look out for, you know, how empathetic a person is. Narcissists usually compete with people. So like when a person is talking about themselves, they usually revert it back to themselves. So they like to like monopolize the conversations and they like to um, make it all about themselves and they get extremely jealous of people. They actually embody envy. And envy is all about wanting to destroy. So narcissists have a lot of borderline traits because they're constantly splitting. They're constantly like sizing people up because they want to know who they can exploit, who they can get something out of. And let me tell you, they don't use that sort that language. Um, the, a narcissist would just notice something good about somebody and they'll be like, okay, let me get something out of this. Or they'll notice something like, okay, let me not do this because maybe this will happen. That's how they think. They're wired differently. Think about if you were to just wake up and discard who you are now. If you're living in your authentic self, just imagine discarding yourself and then creating like an entirely new image. Like you would be hurting on the inside. It, I mean, some of us can't fake it. I can't. I can't fake it. I'm I'm authentic to the core. So I couldn't even imagine what creating a new a new self would look like like. I like myself, so I, I don't even know what that would even look like. But they do this when they're very young and when the personality structure is still developing. That's what makes it even more dangerous. That's why many people believe that narcissists can't be helped or they can't be um, therapized. And that's not that's not necessarily true. It's just that they would have to have enough ego strength to be able to stomach going back in time to recover the the person that they discarded. And a lot of times they can't do it because it's a it's a personality disorder. It's a person it's a it's a personality structured disorder. So a lot of times when you try to get them to go back, they they weaponize that. And so then they just go out into the community and say, oh, that's my younger self that's committing that that crime or that was my younger self that that hurt you. Or that was my younger self that lacked empathy. They'll weaponize it. So you have to be very careful while working with them. And and they have to like I said, they have to have enough ego strength to be able to um, go back far enough to um, stomach the the work. And most of the time they can't. And most of the time they don't. They don't go for treatment. And so um, narcissism is a spirit. It's a spirit. The devil is narcissistic. Think about it. To try to compete with God, the creator, as if you could. He, God could destroy this entire universe and in in, in just by snapping his fingers. Just like that, we can all be in heaven. Some of us. <laughs> you know, so to compete with the almighty is, is, in, is insane. So the devil is a narcissist, you know, the devil's borderline. The devil is, is disorderly. It's like disorderly conduct. And so narcissists usually embody demonic traits and it can almost feel as if like <clears throat> they're trying to destroy you, but it's just that um, they're exploiting you. 
and they're usually looking for narcissistic supply. And because they lack empathy, they just come across so harsh. Yeah, they don't have a real personality. So you have to be very careful. That's why it's important to know who you are and to be and to give value to yourself and to and to know what you want to get out of out of out of situations. Like know why you're going into situations and know what what you would like to receive. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you could easily be exploited. Um if these traits sound like you, then maybe you are suffering from some narcissism and if you want to work on that, you know, there, I can work with you on that, on that issue. If you contact me privately, um, however, if you don't wish to work on it, then you can go about through life and continue what you've been doing, but you just must ask yourself, are you happy? Are you happy? The healthiest relationships are reciprocal. So as you pour into others, others should pour into you. The The problem with a lot of people who attract narcissists is that they're the they're always pouring into others and no one's ever pouring back into them. So they're like perfect uh, victims for a predator. Whereas if you're a person that is going into situations with the right heart and you're also concerned about if you're getting your needs met, which will be reciprocation, then... You're less likely less likely to be um, um, uh, preyed on by a narcissist. It's less likely that to happen because they basically benefit from people's dysfunction. So if you grew up in an abusive home where you weren't heard or seen, or if you were neglected or abandoned, or if you you know just grew up being rejected, or if you've experienced any type of type of trauma, you are probably a uh, <clears throat> a candidate for attracting narcissists because they, they they it's almost like like they have this uh, as Carl Jung would say this external intuition where they can um sort of like gauge a person like they can pick up on a person it's not spiritual intuition it's more so like demonic intuition. So they can like sense you. They can sense when you're alone. They can sense when you're seeking validation. They can sense when you're seeking friendship or when you're seeking a mate. They can sense when you're, you know, what whatever you're needing and they'll play on that. So you have to really be, you know, you, you need to know who you are in, in, the wick, in this kind of wicked world. Because people will benefit from your dysfunction if you're not knowing who you are. And remember, narcissists are really good at shaming and and causing like people to feel like guilty. So a lot of times when you're taking care of yourself, they'll they'll make you feel bad about it. So you have to be aware of that, too. Like, why am I feeling shame or guilty for like breathing, for being, for existing, for taking care of my own needs, for protecting myself. Why am I feeling guilty about? That's like the basic, you know, human, that's the basic human thing to do. Everyone has to do that for themselves. So like, why are you feeling guilty about that? And that's what narcissists do. They tend to make you feel guilty for just existing. And also too, narcissists um, dislike authenticity. They are terrified by authentic people because a part of them sees it as like, who the hell do you think you are to be who you truly are? 
and they're the they discarded themselves, their true self. So it's a lot of jealousy. So what they do is they they try to destroy you. Narcissists are not really attracted to the, each other. They do sometimes attract each other. Like a overt narcissist can attract a covert narcissist. <clears throat> but for the most part, they don't really like each other. They kind of, you know, go away from each other unless, unless they just meet their match. A lot of times people just meet their match and they end up marrying their match and they end up just hurting each other. But narcissists always are like the, the, the grand manipulator. So even if another narcissist marries or engages with another narcissist, they're always going to be the grand master. So there's always going to be a bigger narcissist and a smaller one. There's never, they never, like covert narcissists are never attracted to covert narcissists. Overt narcissists are rarely attracted to overt narcissists. They kind of avoid each other because it's like chicken eating chicken, fish eating fish, you know? So they kind of just get away from each other. Um, so to know how people respond to you and react to you is to know thyself. Yeah, so remember narcissists, they study like micro expressions. They study body, body language. They study like how, how, how often you um, respond to them or how quick you respond to them, and they play on everything. So one of the ways you'll know that you're in the presence of a narcissist is if you don't feel like loved, if you don't feel cared for, if you don't feel empathized with, if you feel like some <clears throat> someone is <clears throat> in your life, but they're just like, they're showing up, but they're not really there, they're probably a narcissist. Um. Another thing that I know that narcissists are really attracted to like mentorship and being like a role model, they're very attracted to those roles. And the reason why they're attracted to those roles is because they can prey on people who are lacking something. You know, because if you're if you're if you're needing a mentor, you're probably lacking some sort of leadership. You know, if you're if you're if you're if you're desiring a friend, you're probably lacking friends. Right. So they you know, if you're desiring a husband or a wife, then you're probably lacking that. So they play on that kind of stuff because they know that they can get whatever they want out of the situation. They'll like milk you. So they are predators. So like I said, you have to like know thyself. Are your needs being met? Do you feel empathized with? Do you feel understood? Do you feel loved? Do you feel liked? Do you feel like whatever they're supposedly in your life for, that's what you're getting out of it? Like if a person is your supervisor or manager, they're supposed to manage you, but not micromanage you, right? Not cause hell in your life, not cause depression, not harass you, right? If a person is your supervisor, they're supposed to be like a mentor, like a, a person you consult with, right? Are they doing those things? If a person is a is a is a, a friend in your life, are they being a friend? Like, what is a friend to you? And are is that person being that friend to you? Are you attracting those friends? If you're in a relationship, what are you desiring from your partner? And is that person meeting your requirements? Are your needs being met? Is the relationship reciprocal? 
You have to know how to answer those questions in order to determine if there is a narcissist in your life. Because if there is, then more than likely your needs are not being met. It is a one-sided relationship or it is a relationship where you are always feeling completely drained or depleted afterwards or misunderstood or unempathized with. So let us talk more about this in the future. This is just the part one. Let's get into a part two very soon.